1: What's wild Nets. Yeah, what's wild to me is that this isn't that wild. That by the time it happened, it became clear that the Nets were a real possibility. This guy won two championships, popped an Achilles and left.
0: Yeah, it's one of the more bizarre situations we've ever seen, though we knew this was happening forever. And I went back and I watched the press conference when we went Chicago White Sox hat and he snapped on Ethan, which he gave some of the great sound bites in the history of a press conference. For being like not that serious but kind of screwing around. And also that when the thing ends, Kawakami asks him a question like, so what do you think about the pace of the game today? And he just drops the mic like, you don't give a shit, and just walks out. <laughs> it's an incredible performance. But I, I got to give Dickinson, our buddy Dickinson, a little credit on this one because he kind of tipped me off to this and I think he was dead on. That he thought one thing Kevin struggled with during the season was he felt like such a fraud because he knew he was leaving. When Ethan wrote that story, it was like in February. The elephant in the room was already there. Let's never forget that when Draymond snapped at Kevin, it wasn't in like May. That happened in November, guy. And the elephant in the room then was this motherfucker's got a foot out the door. It was like the fifth game of the season. Tenth or what it was not far into the season. And I tweeted this this weekend. He's one of the great multitaskers I've ever seen. Because for a guy that had a foot out the door, he was incredible, guy. (laughs) He dominated. He was awesome. Like, if he stays healthy, they win the championship. I think we all acknowledge that. But I also think, guy, at the end of the day, and no one in the end – like, if this was the NFL – now, the sport with injuries is different in the NFL – they don't happen as much in the NBA, but I haven't seen this written anywhere. And I'm of the camp, and you and I talked about it last week. I had a red flag that it was clear the Warriors were going to offer him the $230 million. I thought that risk there was a mess because the risk for Kevin with them was even greater than the Nets because the Nets really just have the three-year window, right? They got this one year that they're paying him to rehab, which is they don't get him. And then they get three years to see if he's any good. So it's not – it's not like a six, seven-year crippling deal. For the Warriors, they're one year without them, and then you got four years left with them at enormous, like $50 million-a-year numbers, where if you're still an elite player, a top seven or eight player, that's fine. Did you see that James Harden, because it's all about when you're drafted, James Harden and John Wall are on the exact same contract, the exact same contract. So... No one says, like, James Harden, like, he's worth every penny. John Wall is then known, because of injuries, as the worst contract in the league. And I just think that no one's really acknowledging. The only guy I've heard bring this up is Ethan talked about it on the Athletic podcast. Like, it is kind of nuts that everyone just thinks that they're just getting Kevin Durant, the ass kicker. And when he's been healthy pre Achilles injury, we'd all acknowledge he's one of the great, unique players in the history of the NBA. That player is no longer there, probably. Like, one thing I know, Guy, is he'll never be the best player in the world again. Now, is he still a top five or six player? I'd bet against that. To me, the question is, is he still like a all-star starter or all-star, you know, top six or seven guy on an East team? I guess the East is not as good, but you know what I mean. I don't know. And I, I think that is not getting talked about because we know Kyrie's a weirdo, but he's an elite player. <laughs> like, Kevin fucking tors achilles guy yeah i think
1: he's going to be good again um to what degree based i don't on know what? based on his skill Just, set based on the fact that i don't think he needs to be the most explosive player on the floor to be one of the best players on the floor even on the best floors based on his length um based on his shooting ability you know based on the fact that i i think maybe he can become even more of a i don't want to say a post player but an interior player while still being able to shoot from the outside um i don't think he'll be the same i think that'd be crazy but i i think his game will age well in this case the age has been accelerated by an achilles injury but i think his game will age well Um, but he was still a really explosive athlete for a tall long guy no doubt you know yeah i but i don't think but like i said even if he's not that same guy even if he's not the greatest player in the world he's He's so he was so his ceiling is so high. Plus he's in the East, um, so that helps. I don't think it's a lock that they make a finals. Partly because of that, partly because of like you said, him and Kyrie it's just everywhere they've been. It's been dramatic. And Now you're going to put them together, and because they're friends, nothing's going to happen. Uh, there already was the story that he wanted to go to the Knicks, but Kyrie wanted to go to the Nets, and then you told me the part that I that was from a different report which was that once he got hurt Kyrie was like I'm not going to the Knicks and doing that for a year on my own without you. That was separate from the other report I read that was just he wanted to be a Nick and Kyrie wanted to be a net. So I think there's the real possibility that it just gets weird. How could it I, I just don't see how it doesn't get weird. Well, so one thing we that, know- it, so they need that to be seamless and they need his Achilles to heal to a degree that no one really has had a heal before. In terms of ability, now no one—I don't know if anyone as good as him when he got hurt has had to deal with it either. But there's just a lot going on there for them. It's and then he doesn't play. That's, that's the other thing, John. He's not playing this year, which I know everybody knows that he's not playing this year. Coming home, coming home. Is that Kyrie? That Remember,
0: that's when Kyrie was going like. He was kind of over LeBron and started making fun of him a little bit. Like, to me, guy, Kyrie and Kevin are different in the sense that what? I don't I don't feel like Kyrie is obsessed with, like, the first take and the, all the takes out there. Well, that drives Kevin's mind, which is scary. To me, Kyrie is just a legit certified weirdo, right? Just a weird dude. Kevin is not a weird dude. I actually think he's... Pretty genuine human. Like I, I, I gen, like in my experience watching Kevin extremely closely, watching every press conference I ever give, just watch him interact with humans in the bay. the Way people talk about him, I think he's a good soul. I, I really do. I, I think that's why he got along with Steph and Clay. Like they're good people. I just think he's. You know, one thought I had this morning, like, I, and dude, I don't. By the way, I don't dude think needs a girlfriend. I don't think you'll get much debate on that. Well, no one. Everyone supports him. That they're just. That's why I think they can't understand. Because you're around like Steph and Clay, that are good people and just very – I guess the, right, the major difference is he's – for whatever reason, he's got this deep-down insecurity that like Steph and Clay and even Draymond clearly don't have. But I think the Warriors would acknowledge this. Yeah, he's super insecure, but he's still goddamn good. Who cares? And they did everything possible. They kissed his feet. They treated him. Better than Steph, Clay, or Draymond? Clearly, they put him on a pedestal. I mean, they suspended Draymond for basically calling him what everyone was thinking, a bitch and had a foot out the door. Like, say what you want. Everyone in the Warriors, all the fans, like, God, this guy's sensitive. They're basically just saying what Draymond said in a little more vicious of a way. Draymond took it probably a little over the top. But it felt like that moment, you could argue, was he already gone before that moment and Draymond knew it? It's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I or definitely think, was hearing rumblings. Like he's probably leaving after this year.
1: It, which is, which is why like Kendrick Perkins had some quotes to Mark. Spears. There are two articles I read Monday. I mean, i read a bunch of stuff as I know you did, but there were two that really entertained me. One was the Mark Spears article in the undefeated. The other was Marcus Thompson's article about Steph and, and KD and how it never became what it could have been, which I want to get to in a minute. But he wrote what mark Spears wrote this thing after we talked to, uh, Jay Williams? No, <laughs> After have to Kendrick Perkins, and Kendrick was just like, um, you know, it just he he. There were all part of the, the point of the Spears article was there was just too much disrespect from the Warriors between a number of things. One was the incident you referenced, which is like, hey, something led to that incident, like that wasn't just out of the blue. Kevin and Draymond start yelling at each other. The other thing was yeah, like
0: screw you, I hate you. It's like I thought we were best friends. The twenty, you know, was like, the
1: what? yeah, the championship parade where Fitz said to Bob last year, you told Steph he could get whatever contract he wants to, and then Bob said that was different. Curry's been here since the way before days; he earned it. And that whole awkward interaction, like to me, I, I understand that one was weird. It was like that, weird, but like. Uh, don't you to, think all the other stuff it's it's to ignore all the stuff they did that was out of respect for him and then it, to, it to, did reference the mvp chance which had nothing to do with the organization
0: he was hurt
1: yeah but you know what that was about
0: I Think of they're chanting mvp for a guy that won two mvps no doubt, like, no that doubt
1: but that it? that was partly about like finally it's your team again that's what that was
0: which is fine. You're allowed to love Steph unconditionally. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Well, to me here, here, the, the 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 Bob even has apologized. Like that was stupid. It was a dumb comment. Would it have mattered? No. Fitz started it. Dumb comment from those two guys. And
1: I also think like people can say two different people can say things, and it comes from different places. Like Bob wasn't.
0: Taking yeah, they were shots. screwing around. They were fucking with him. It was like, and again, that's where I think. Yeah. The you can the Warriors could mess with each other. Right. Like you follow these guys on on Instagram. Draymond is constantly making fun of Livingston for leaving his shoes in front of his lockers. Like, it kind of has, like, an NFL feel to it. And Kevin is so goddamn sensitive. Like, part of the Draymond deal, having watched that game live, on the final possession, because Steph, had he rolled an ankle? Remember, he, yeah, he wasn't even there. He was not there. So it was like they were down one. Draymond got a rebound. Kevin does this over-the-top clap of needing and demanding the ball. I mean, it was just uh, over the top of just freaking out. And Kevin does this all the time. He does the clap. Draymond didn't even look at him. But Draymond is a playmaker and usually makes a wrong play. And then ultimately, I think it got stripped or threw the ball away. He screwed up. But, like, Draymond freaked because he was screaming at him to begin with. So, like you said, it wasn't just like Draymond came out of the blue, shoved Kevin to the ground. Like, no, Kevin kind of started it. You know, now Draymond then, which – you know, I'm a sucker for, because I do this a lot too, probably took it over the edge. But Draymond wasn't just some unprovoked, you know, he's not just like a tiger in the wild that just had to eat. Like, he was just playing. And I think that the clapping, which I do think deep down, like Steph, Clay, and Draymond, that bothers them a little bit. Because they're not, like, they're like, we're all Max guys. We don't fucking clap and act like bitches here when things don't go right. And Kevin has a lot of that in him. And that's why I think this Nets thing guy... Because Kyrie's, weird. I don't even think Kyrie's necessarily a clapper, but he's not a passer. So he'll just dribble, 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 dribble. I, I would, I would. I mean, I would Kyrie short, stopped
1: talking to his teammates.
0: I would short the Nets guy. Yeah. I, I, um. Because the Nets got the, crushed, and they, they may actually look lucky here in years.
1: Yeah, to but it doesn't mean like they're going to also find success. No, no. But it yeah, might they, mean they
0: suck forever, but.
1: But maybe the war. But maybe to your point, the war. Maybe the Warriors got lucky.
0: I don't know. I, well, I, I think for I, them, I, I believe that. I believe that.
1: I think for them though, they would have been good in two years when he was healthy-ish and Clay was healthy and all, Like I still think they they would have been good because they have this whole built-in environment and this built. in you,
0: you got two big ifs there, though. You know. I mean you guys two guys coming back from pretty big injuries, right? Yeah,
1: no, there's no doubt. But I still think them at less than capacity is a pretty good basketball team, as we saw. Oh sure. Now they're two now they'd be two years older. I'm not saying anything's a guarantee, but I just think they had the best I think they had one of the best chances at making it work, who however whoever has the best chance of making it work. Um and, you know the Spears thing was interesting. Uh, the uh, Marcus Thompson article was interesting because one did you? I don't know if you had a chance to read that one, but
0: I haven't. God, you're a reader.
1: Well, you know what I loved about it is as I was reading, I was like, oh, I know where this is going, and it's where it went, which was for Steph and Kevin. They got along. Steph welcomed him. Steph did something pretty unprecedented: flying straight back from his international trip straight to New York. By the time he got to Kevin's apartment or home or whatever. Kevin had already announced that he was going to the Nets. Steph still went and visited him. Like, he wasn't going to get there in time to try and convince him. And Marcus's thing was maybe he wasn't going to try and convince him at all. It was just one final, hey, thank one you. last meeting his teammates. It was real. Good luck. He flew and,
0: straight from China to New York.
1: Yep, flew straight back. Pretty incredible.
0: And, and Even, though the, even and, though the news broke when they were, like, over correct, the middle correct. of America. He still
1: went and saw him, even though he, they already knew. And which I think is like, I think that's impressive to still go have the meeting or whatever. But, um, I, I just started thinking about like, the ste- I can't imagine like Steph getting picked up in the car, getting driven to Kevin's house. Like does Steph knock on the door? Or is the door already open when the car pulls up? Um, does he go solo? Does he have a couple of no people? Way. With like those people, like, he's got to he's not like pulling up map quest. Like how do I get from the private terminal Hulu or not Hulu, uh, ways or whatever. But um, (laughs) listen some tunes on the way. These are all the stuff I was thinking about, like all the logistics. Like is Steph pulling this off logistically? All on his own. But his point was, they were just even though there was a lot of stuff that was set up for them to become super tight. Like ultimately, Kevin chose to play with two friends, right? Kyrie being one of them, and DeAndre being the other. But like him and Steph were cool, but they never became like. Boys, boys, like they never became Wade and LeBron. And his thing was, part of this was just the timing didn't line up for them. Like by the time Kevin got here, Steph had a family. Like Steph's inner circle is his family, people he's known for a long time, you know, like his old teammates that work. Yeah, he's got a few people that are around now. Kevin's circle has actually gotten even tighter since it got here. And when he got here, it got tighter. But he said, you even see less of his mom around and less of Charlie Bell around. Um, it's really just Rich and this other guy and his Nike reps. Like his circles gotten even tighter. And um, the what first is the Nike, what does a Nike rep really do with a player?
0: The like first, he, he was saying like
1: one of the things he wrote was the first year he was actually kind of more interactive with his teammates, and as time went on, it became less of that. You know, but just that the timing didn't line up for them. What's interesting because you would say Steph, Draymond, and Clay are all at different points in their own personal lives. Like Draymond had, has a young baby, got, or maybe, yeah, just got married. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, Steph's much further along in his family life. Clay's got some
0: time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yet, it all but works. Clay is, but it does feel like Clay, for a guy that kind of lives a little like a 20 year old, is a mature kind of freelancer, right? Like he's not really a screw around guy. No, it feels like clay sees uh, life's moving fast, but he sees it in slow motion. You know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of bullets
1: are flying around clay. Somehow he handles all the text messages, but you know, if Kevin was looking for like a best friend, it's just the timing wasn't going to line up for him to get that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. I, no, I know, that.
0: but I, but I do think cause Kevin said, or someone reported that it was a big deal to go play and hoop with his homies. Like, I, I do think that he fell when he came here, or when he went to the Nets, when he went to the Nets, yeah, because DeAndre, like he wants to hoop with his homies. So that's I'm, i actually just pulled marks whenever we finish. I'm gonna read that article because I do think, in his mind, it really matters to him to play with people that he truly cares about. And I think he's gonna learn, like, well, Kyrie, what if Kyrie gets a girlfriend fast or like shit changes? Like, it's this is a big time business. You told me a story about a guy, I'm not gonna name him. But you've worked with before a pro athlete that says like a lot of his good friends are still based from college and like the minor leagues. Right. Because once you get to the big leagues, once you get to the NBA, once you get to the NFL, everything becomes such about business. Now, when you're both like – to me, if you get two guys in the same draft class, right, in any sport and you come up together, that bond's pretty unique because you kind of are – even in the NFL, like you're talking about the same shit in the locker room when you're 21 and then you grow together. That's what's been so that di- crazy about uh, Brady is Brady has this unreal balance, and I got to give Steph a lot of credit too. I do think Steph balances it pretty well. Tom may be a little more likely to like do a boys trip than maybe Steph would, but still, I, I think they both are cognizant and active of attempting to like be bring like have effort in doing stuff with you, and that really is important. And I think Kevin. Thought like there was going to be this truly organic like – like his relationship with Russell will never be duplicated again. Because when they met – now they did – like Kevin was already rich. But they didn't really have anything. They had no legacy. They had no name recognition beside elite talents that were on the come up. They kind of grew together. That's really what was so special about it. Yeah. Just like what the – what what do Steph, Clay, and Draymond have? Even more than with Iguodala. Like Iguodala came on and kind of helped teach him the ways – but it's like these three young guys didn't know shit, and everyone didn't even think they were anything, and then they made something together. Like, their bond together, like when they're at the BBQ, in, when they're 55, like their bond is pretty special. Now, Kevin can come too, and they'd welcome him back, but it ain't quite the same. No,
1: it, and never, it, never, it never was going to be, and it never will be. And I do think you're right. I think it's like it's a shame that him and Russell, that it didn't work for them. Because you're never going like to find anything quite that – quite like that.
0: Like we had talked – we interviewed – I remember when we had a radio show before – well, before before we even knew he we were sick, uh, Dwight Clark. Like what Dwight and Joe Montana and Ronnie Lott had and even like – and you saw it with the Cowboys like Emmett, Michael. It, once you win, if you start together from nothing – like if we were doing this podcast right now and I had just met you a couple years ago and this was just – we're doing dynamic – Doing dynamic takes. We are able to make money off it. It would be a little different than what we actually have, right? Like I knew you when we didn't have shit. You could argue we still don't have much. Uh, but it's just – it's different than when I think you hear a lot of radio hosts or podcasts. They're just doing it for the like this Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Like say what you want. Stephen A and Skip had something kind of special. Yeah. They created this thing that no one thought they could have really quick. You know it's a pretty good show. Hmm. I don't know if you get Showtime. Russell Crowe's doing this thing for Fox News. Like he's playing Roger Ailes, the guy that started Fox News. It's like a, it's like a series. Mm-hmm. It's basically like no, I don't, like a, a I don't show. get something. Wow. Yeah, I don't either. I just steal it from my mom. But it's the it, first episode was last night. It was really good. Is Russell Crowe got really fat for the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Year. But it's just like they started this network, and like it started from scratch. Like he found Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity that were nothing. Yeah, well, now, like obviously John, those guys. It's just pretty unique. When
1: you know? when the Beatles it's broke why I, up I should
0: have stayed in Oklahoma City. It's what I wanted him to do. I know, I know, I know.
1: When when the Beatles broke up, I heard if if you ever flip on the Howard Stern channel, like I've heard it like once every six months, I hear his Paul McCartney interview from last year. And it's phenomenal. And um one of the things McCartney says is when the Beatles broke up, he start the next band he started was it was not like world class musicians. He didn't just go get like the best keyboard player in the world, the best rhythm guitarist. And I guess he was the rhythm guitarist, the best lead guitarist in the world. Or actually, he was a bass player. He didn't go get all the best people. He had like when he
0: was trying to start
1: his own band, post Beatles, post Beatles. Because because the question was like, did like did all the did famous people reach out to you? I think there was a story that like Jimi Hendrix wanted to start a band with Paul McCartney. And Paul was like, well, actually, I don't if that was true, I never heard about it.
0: But, like get a super team of musicians?
1: Yeah, but what he did,
0: he just tried to
1: recreate what the Beatles had. He's like, when we got together, we weren't great musicians, but we just came up together, and we played and played and played and played, and we knew each other so well, and we evolved and we developed. So when he started his band, it was like his wife was the keyboard player, even though she'd never really, and the, he just had people. He just figured we'll just do this same thing again. We'll just get some people. We're not that great now, but we'll start doing, we'll start practicing, and we'll start writing songs, and eventually we'll be great. It's like, well, doesn't like now you're super rich and you're a legend and it's not going to the other people around you won't develop the same way because you're Paul McCartney and, you know, whatever. But I respect that he tried to go back to square one. You just to me, everything you just described, you can't put it in an incubator
0: like you can't just follow. Well, That's what he's trying to do, well, guy. I, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And I, I and. I, listen, whether it's the childhood, it's something... I think we're all kind of products of our childhood. That he's searching for something that clearly, like, Draymond and Clay and Steph are very at peace with. And that's where I think they kind of butted heads, like, bro, why are you... What are the points of the burner account? Why are you screaming at Ethan? Like, what's the point? Like, what, what are you doing? Okay, and the Warriors, like, their greatest strength, those three guys minus Draymond sometimes on the court with referees, though he had a brief moment in the playoffs where you're like, God, he's changed his ways. And then he's down back. Is there maturity? And, you know, it's kind of reminiscent, I think, a little of the Spurs guys. Obviously, Tim is like Steph. And then the other two guys, you know, they're just kind of get it guys. And if those guys ever would have added like, a, let's say, like in their prime, like a Tracy McGrady or whoever of that generation – they probably wouldn't have seen eye to eye though, because they're such basketball geniuses. It would have worked for a short period of time. And it was. It speaks to the basketball genius of the three warriors. Like everyone's like, "How's D'Angelo Russell going to fit fucking seamlessly?" Because they'll figure it out. Because <laughs> if Steph needs to do something different, like he'll adapt. That's. They're like the seals. They adapt. You know. <laughs> they just will figure it out. But Kevin is not like Mister Figure It Out. It's like he kind of wants to do it his way. The clapping, the ISO, and, and they deal with it because he's so great. And that's where I think that his second career guy, if he's never the same, and again, I don't, I'm not rooting for him never to be the same. I'm just basing it off 34 years of life, been watching sports for a living for about now 15 years and been watching it religiously since I was probably like eight or nine. Those guys, usually in their 30s in any sport, are never the same. It's sad, it sucks. But Luckily, he, like, didn't go Isaiah Thomas where he didn't get any money. He got still got paid and everything. But I, I, I'm just betting against it. He's probably never going to be saying – it's going to be – him as a bad player probably be pretty miserable, you know? Like, to, when Duncan ages and and, and Steph ages, like, they, they, they age pretty kind of gracefully. You know, may, they may not be great players anymore. Like, Kobe was never going to age gracefully because he's just – he was a stubborn nut. <laughs> it did not go well. Kevin – It'll be more like the dispatch with the media, I think. You wrote that I'm a show myself when he's averaging like 12 points. Right, you know? right, right. And they're just like, Jesus. Yeah. Now, I, I, I've never lived in New York. I've only been there twice. So I, I don't quite have a feel of the Nets, Knicks. Obviously the Knicks are the team, but you bring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like the way that team's going to be covered is going to be intense because everyone under 30 years old, like if a game's on – I'm not watching Kevin Knox and R.J. Barrett lose by 20 if Kyrie Irving's on the other channel, right? They're going to get eyeballs. They just will. That's the way the NBA – like, they have – and especially if, if Kevin was able to play well, right know, now like – The NBA, healthy. you get scrutiny no matter where you play, if, if you're no, a No, I, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, I think they're going to be covered like a legit super team, right, whenever Kevin yeah. comes back in a year. Yeah,
1: but I'm just saying, why not? I mean, they, if uh, OKC got covered that way,
0: you know? Why well, just say it's unique just because, like, there is another team in the market. You know, it's arguably the just quote-unquote juggernaut, but they're right. not. I just wonder if, like, if I was running – I mean, our newspapers did. If I was running, like, The Athletic or, you know, we were doing podcasts, I just wonder if you're going to end up talking a lot about the Nets. You know
1: what's next. funny? It, it, by the way, is like everyone says that, like, the Knicks don't have the pull anymore. Well, clearly when it comes to free agency, they have a problem, which is their owner. People don't trust them. Players. But the fact that everyone shits on the Knicks is proof that they're all, like, the Knicks are still a big deal. And when the Knicks are, if they're ever great, that will be, will be a bigger deal. They just have a ceiling that a lot of other teams in the NBA don't have. I don't know why everyone's always arguing about this. Like, they're not relevant anymore. Well, yeah, they are, because when they're bad, everyone's talking about them. So they are relevant. Now, they're, it's going to take, like, once upon a time, the Nets were a complete disaster. Well, now they got a GM. They, the Prokhorov thing ended. Now they well, is, can- he
0: still the, is he still the owner or no? I don't know. I haven't heard from the guy in years. I don't think yeah. he's not around anymore. I feel like he still is the owner, but he's not. I don't know. It's a weird deal. I don't <laughs> think he is.
1: Um, but my point is just like it's going to take a lot for the Knicks, but they just have they just have something that most teams don't
0: have. Is he still the owner? What? I think, think he is. It's he- just that they're the Knicks. I think one main difference is – Guy that runs Rock Nation, like the agency, his twin brother now is the president of the Nets. And I think he's taken on a big role, kind of like Larry Bearish. Yes, like he, he plays – Like I don't, I don't think Prokhorov – Says he's still the owner. Is, I don't think he's around a lot. Remember that when they made that huge trade way back in the day? It was like, Prokhorov. He's yeah. just going to be around all the time, just doing deals, killing people, throwing them in the ocean, winning basketball games. And then it's like he just went back to Russia and he disappeared. Uh, so maybe he's like an absentee owner. But I also think this guy – like if you're just the average NBA player from wherever, let's say Texas or let's say Ohio or wherever, Michigan, I think a lot of guys, like the Lakers were kind of a disaster too, the Knicks were a disaster, but more guys would rather live in L.A. than New York. Sure. So if you just flip the two teams, like it could easily just be, if the Knicks were based in L.A. and the Lakers were based in New York, it would be the same thing.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying I don't understand why everyone says they're irrelevant. I get why they say it from a free agency standpoint. Players haven't signed there. But
0: clearly Kevin was considering it. Um, well, because I do think he understands, and I think he saw it firsthand these last three years, the power of the big market and money. And the he kind of already did what, everything he had to do. Like all of his contacts were made out here. Boom, he goes there. It's a little bit different, like the financial world of banks or who knows what he wants to do. And he kind of gets to do both. That's what I think is a big part of this. It's all kind of a business move, which you brought this up. And I've been thinking a lot about like these players can't get mad. Like, treat me like a human. And then the next day they're like, we're a, a business. Brand. I'm we're a brand. brand. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, well, then you know, well, <laughs> can't talk out of both sides of your mouth here. Like, Kevin, you can't act like be, be nicer to me and then tell me you're a brand every other day, which he definitely views himself as a brand, which I don't blame him. Which I don't even know, like, it, when he wakes up in the morning and looks in the mirror, he's a human being. Well, I think that's the struggle with this all. He's like, I just want to be a human. I just want to be liked. Which I understand. I did he think it was
1: that on his IG post where he's riding the bike in front of the Golden Gate Bridge, there's a GoPro on the handlebars of the bike. Now, maybe it's pointing out and he's just recording it for his own use. I can't wait to go back and ride this. What are the chances that was part of some, like, short film that somebody produced? Well, think if you were just
0: on a jog in that area, because that's not that far away from your house, right? A yeah, lot of I've people down there before. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the marina it's that I always Field. see. They they love taking a good Instagram picture when they're on a jog. They stop and eh, I'm I'm just guilty. Or a walk could just be a walk. You could just be a walk. They're just you're just walking or walking your dog or whatever. All of a sudden, this dude, seven foot guy on a bike. I mean, you're just like that's fucking Kevin Durant, <laughs> you know? Because I saw this girl that I follow on Instagram. On her Insta story the other day, she was at Disney World or Disneyland, and she's like, my mom just pointed, and look who it is. And it's just Kobe and Vanessa walking down kind of like this area of Disneyland, just like toward another ride with a couple of their girls. It's just Kobe's in like a jumpsuit, and Vanessa's just wearing normal chick clothes with the glasses on. It's like Kobe fucking and Brian. And, the, and it, in the background, just a bunch of normal-looking people are just walking by, and I was kind of shocked. Like more people aren't just staring at them. He's probably the tallest human on the premises. So, anytime you're six, seven, you just stand out. Then, when you're Kobe freaking Bryant in LA, everyone would just be staring at you. Like Kevin Durant couldn't have just walked around San Francisco without everyone looking at him, right? He's just too tall. Yeah. Remember, we, we saw the one day, like Rod Woodson, like one of the great DBs in the history of the NFL, was just walking down the street in San Francisco and no one could have pointed him out of the lineup. Because at the end of the day, Rod Woodson, who actually was a taller DB, probably like six, one. But he just—if he has a hat on and sweats on, you don't really notice him. Right. He's not six seven. Yeah, even Montana. Montana's six two. But you get Durant, who's who's dramatically taller. Even if there's one six five guy on the street, he's got that guy by seven inches. He just stands out like a sore thumb. How about I, the? I, I'm, uh... gonna be, I'm gonna be fascinated with him and Kyrie